Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we have another listener suggestion. And the subject is actually one that I have always wondered about. And I hope you have too, because I really enjoyed doing the research for this one. It's a little bit of a quickie, so I hope you guys enjoy it. But with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. So gather your favorite libation, be it a glass of wine or your favorite brew, and prepare for a journey into the realms of the bizarre and mysterious. Take a sip every time you're bewitched by the podcast's enchanting tale. But of course, the choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours. So pick your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say Rasputin? That will be a single shot. And every time I say supernatural, that's going to be a double shot. All right, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma. So, don your best babushka. <laughs> and whatever else. As we dive into today's offering of Rasputin, Immortal Mischief Maker, or The Mystic Who Knew Too Much. I know. I should sing the song, but I'm still a little under the weather, so be thankful that I'm not making your ears bleed. But if you're interested, the song is by Boney M, B-O-N-E-Y, letter M, and it's called Rasputin from 1978, and if you don't go and listen to it right now, I will never speak to you again. I'm kidding. Of course, I love you. Don't worry about it. But go listen, because it's a great song. I don't care. Okay. Welcome to a thrilling journey into the enigmatic world of Grigory Rasputin. Today, we, di- we delve deep into the supernatural myths and mysteries that shroud his intriguing life. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be amazed. As always, we need to start at the beginning. So, to start today's episode, I want you to imagine a child born under a dark omen destined for greatness or infamy. Rasputin's early life was the stuff of legends, tales of mysterious births, strange dreams, and otherworldly encounters swirled around him like an aura. But let's start from the beginning. Grigory Yemivovich Rasputin, I know, I practiced that. That was like the best pronunciation ever. Was born January 21st, 1869, in the remote Siberian village of Pokrovoske, Russia. Yeah, I practiced that one too. You should be very impressed. (laughs) He was born to a family of poor peasants. Yes, his family was poor, 
and his upbringing was far from glamorous. However, the mystique surrounding his birth began early. He was said to have been born in a particularly treacherous winter storm, and local superstitions saw this as an omen. You guys should know by now that the Russian people, they love their omens. That they do. As a child, Rasputin was known to experience visions and ecstasies, often retreating to the forests near his village. He was drawn to the spiritual world, and his neighbors believed he had a unique connection with the supernatural. These early experiences would play a significant role in shaping his life later on as a mystic. He had a religious conversion experience after embarking on a pilgrimage to a monastery in 1897, and has been described as a monk or as a stranik, which is called a wanderer or pilgrim, though he held no official position in the Russian Orthodox Church. In 1903, or possibly the winter of 1904 to 1905, he traveled to St. Petersburg and captivated a number of religious and social leaders, eventually becoming a very prominent figure in Russian society. Rasputin's rural upbringing and deep connection to nature instilled in him a sense of mysticism and connection to the land. His experiences with visions and his reputation for healing powers began in his early years and would eventually draw the attention of the Russian elite, leading him on a path to become the mystic advisor to the Romanov family. And Rasputin wasn't just a quirky outsider. He was the Romanovs' go-to guy for all things mystical and spiritual. He reportedly had psychic abilities, made prophecies, and performed bizarre rituals that left the royal family baffled. Rasputin's mystical journey brought him to the Romanovs' attention, but it was his reputation as a healer and a spiritual guide that drew him into the royal circle. Zarina Alexandra believed he could help her hemophiliac son, Alexei. It was a matter of life and death. Alexei's hemophilia was a grave concern, and conventional medicine offered no cure at all. Desperate for a solution, Zarina Alexandra turned to Rasputin, who seemed to possess an uncanny ability to ease the young boy's suffering. Many saw this as a miraculous gift, strengthening Rasputin's hold on the royal family. Rasputin's spiritual guidance extended beyond the physical healing. His perceived ability to predict events and advise the Tsar and Tsarina on matters of state lent him an aura of mysticism. The Romanovs truly believed he had a direct line to the divine, which made them increasingly reliant on his counsel. The supernatural mystique around Rasputin grew as tales of his prophetic visions and insights into the future spread. People began to see him as a mystic with a deep connection to the spiritual world, a man who could communicate with higher powers. But, as we know, every hero has a dark side, and Rasputin was no exception. The rumors of his debauchery, manipulation, and involvement in the occult darkened his reputation. Some even claimed he was a practitioner of black magic. 
As Rasputin's influence within the Russian royal family grew, so did the rumors and speculation about his behavior. While some believed in his mystic abilities, many of the nobility were skeptical, if not outright hostile, to his presence. Rasputin's appearance, with his unkempt beard and unconventional manners, clashed with the refined and sophisticated courtly life of the nobility. He was seen as a vulgar and scandalous figure, who often behaved in a manner considered inappropriate for a man of his lowly background. His sexual escapades and debauchery added to his sinister reputation. I'm just going to say that's the part of his reputation I personally liked. Okay. Tales of his liaisons with noble women and his perceived influence over the Tsarina fueled suspicions that Rasputin was manipulating the royal family for his own gain. Duh. Okay. Who doesn't do that, right? While the nobility had their doubts, many ordinary Russians believed in Rasputin's mystical powers and saw him as a holy man sent to help the Romanov family. He gained a following among the common people, particularly in rural areas, where his origins were less of a barrier. His reputation as a healer and a man who could ease the suffering of the heir to the throne, Alexei, solidified his status as a benevolent mystic in the eyes of many. His perceived ability to predict events and his advocacy for the peasants' welfare endeared him to the working class. And our tale wouldn't be complete without the chilling chapter of Rasputin's death. Was it really as it seemed, or did he pull off one last supernatural feat? Well, conspiracy theories and legends abound. The final chapter of Rasputin's life is shrouded in mystery and intrigue. His death remains one of the most talked about events in Russian history. The official version goes a little something like this. In December 1916, a group of nobles who disapproved of Rasputin's influence over the royal family plotted to assassinate him. They invited Rasputin to the palace of one of the conspirators, Prince Felix Yusupov, for a late-night gathering. There, they offered him cyanide-laced cakes and wine. Surprisingly, the poison had no immediate effect, leaving the conspirators shocked and desperate. Rasputin appeared to be unaffected. But to ensure Rasputin's demise, the conspirators then shot him multiple times and threw him into the icy Neva River, hoping that the freezing water would finish the job for them. His body was discovered days later, but that's the official version. The legends and conspiracy theories paint a far more chilling and mysterious picture. Some believe that Rasputin's supernatural powers allowed him to survive the poison and the gunshot wounds. They speculate that he had the ability to heal himself, adding fuel to his mystical reputation. Another theory suggests that Rasputin's killers were not the amateur assassins they appeared to be. Some suspect that British intelligence was involved, seeing Rasputin as a threat to the Allied war effort during World War I. There are even those who claim that Rasputin's death was staged, and he lived on in secrecy. These theories suggest that Rasputin may have continued to influence political events from the shadows. Ah, 
but now the grand finale. Rasputin's legend living on, inspiring modern paranormal beliefs and pop culture. From movies to urban legends, he is an internal enigma. Rasputin's death in 1916 did not mark the end of his influence, no. In many ways, it was just the beginning. Immediately following his demise, Rasputin's presence lingered in the collective consciousness. Many believed he had supernatural abilities that enabled him to escape death, and rumors of his return from the dead and his alleged appearances haunted the Russian Empire. The fall of the Romanov dynasty and the Russian Revolution in 1917 only added to this mystique. Some saw Rasputin as a symbol of the old regime's corruption, while others believed he had foreseen the impending upheaval and disappeared into the shadows. Rasputin's legacy transcends time and space, leaving an indelible mark on the world of the paranormal and the supernatural. He's become an iconic figure in various forms of media, from books to films and even video games. Rasputin's mystique has given rise to countless conspiracy theories, with some claiming that he faked his death and continued to manipulate world events from the shadows. His legend endures, captivating the imagination of those fascinated by the mysterious and the unexplained. In the present day, Rasputin's influence can be seen in the ongoing fascination with his life, his supposed supernatural abilities, and even the enduring mystery of his death. His story serves as a reminder that, even in the annals of history, certain figures remain shrouded in enigma, their legacies transcending time. Rasputin's name lives on not just as a historical character, but as an archetype for mystics and advisors who straddle the line between the supernatural and the tangible. His story is a testament to the power of mystique and how it can continue to captivate our imaginations. Whether he was truly mystical or merely misunderstood, one thing is for sure. Rasputin continues to captivate our imaginations. So, as we reach the end of this episode, we're left with an irresistible question. Was Rasputin the last great mystic of his time, a master of the supernatural, or simply a cunning manipulator who knew how to work the human psyche? Maybe Rasputin was more of a magician than a mystic, capable of bending reality to his whims. Who knows? Maybe he's the reason that my socks disappear in the laundry, or the secret force behind traffic jams. I like that one. As we wrap up, remember, next time you're having a tough day, don't resort to black magic or prophecies. Just try a cup of hot tea. It worked for the Romanovs and their mystic advisor. And if that doesn't work, well, there's always Rasputin to keep you company in the afterlife. And on that note, my darlings, we have come to the end of today's episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts about today's episode. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you want to share your thoughts about today's episode, or you're bored and you need somebody to chat with, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. 
And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.